In the last episode of Sexploration with Monica, I spoke with Francesca Gentili, founder of the Sacred Courtesan School, the Knights of Eros, and the Temple of Shadows. She and I wandered in, around, and above Union Square and Macy's, exploring a number of ideas in, around, and on top of consciousness and sexuality. Like, why is Tantra the pleasure path to spirituality, also seen as the danger path? I learned about intuitive safe sex, whether or not it's actually safe, and how to communicate about STIs and manage your risk statistically. We talked about talking to your vulva and bringing yourself to a whole new level of orgasm by loving and being in your body. We talked about how to use the tools and techniques of BDSM and kink for spiritual connection and sacred sexuality. We explored how to break the cycle of neediness and fear coming to a place of choice in relationships. We talked about playing hard to get and how not only is it really not fun to say no to the stuff you want, but also it creates this really dangerous dynamic in communicating that you're not able to be honest in your yeses and nos. Francesca gave us a great perspective on how to deal with mixed messages, you know, while being open and authentic yourself and creating your allure with power and clarity. Is your body a temple? We talked about adorning it and what sexy outfits mean with the connection between sex and spiritual power. We chatted about the mysterious connection between shoes, feet, and sexiness, and what happens when we suppress sexual expression. It was fabulous and fascinating, and if you'd like to download it, go to sexplorationwithmonica.com. Now, let's head back to San Francisco's Union Square, because we've got a lot more to talk about. This is sex. Everyone gets what they want. This is sexploration. Explore. Play. This is Sexploration with Monica. Sex is proof that God loves us and wants us to have fun. Sexploration with Monica at sexplorationwithmonica.com. So now we are perched over Union Square on the balcony of the Cheesecake Factory. And Francesca is talking to me about high protocol polyamory. High protocol polyamory. It's it's an interesting concept. And at first I want to talk a little bit about protocol that if we were visiting the queen or the ambassador or going to a particular country, we might want to ask, what's the protocol here? What's the protocol so I don't embarrass myself, so that I maybe eat the right way, so that I talk to the right people in the right order? You don't lick your knife. Don't lick your knife. Who do I bow to? Some cultures in the East, you don't look in the eye. That's considered rude. Some cultures, if you don't look in the eye, that's considered rude. So what is the protocol here? We're here at the Cheesecake Factory, and I'm looking down the row here at all these different tables of people, different cultures, Asian, Hispanic, African-American. and There were some French people at the end. There were some French people at the end, and each one of them is their own culture, their own country. Every family is. Every person is. And if I really want to get along well in that polyamory, which means many loves, then I want to know how do I relate well to your family? versus cheating. You know, cheating is that unconscious, out the back door, I have the hots for you, I'm feeling something tingly and sparkling, and I can't deny it. I must have it, I must have it now or soon, and who cares whose hearts get broken. And normally- Or I just won't think about that. I won't think about that. I'm just gonna grab for what I want based on what my genitals are telling me. And occasionally I might convince myself that that means something. My genitals are talking, therefore I'm in love, or it's my soulmate, or, you know, it would be terrible if we didn't go forward. But that's not true. And in polyamory, we take on consciousness. We say, oh, I'm attracted to you, 
and how can I engage with you, interact with you in a way that is going to work for everybody? And this is a question that I'd like to introduce into that community. What is the protocol? So for instance, if I was going to date you and your honey, what would be the protocol? Oh, well, I would want someone who's friends with me too. Like if you're going to date my boyfriend or you're going to date my boyfriend and I, I would want us all to be equally friends. Like I wouldn't want you to feel like, you know, you are excluded and I wouldn't want to be excluded from your relationship with my partner. Certainly. And would you like me to use email so I could CC each of you when I'm, when I'm communicating? That would be super awesome. Cause I want to know everything. You, you know what I mean? Everything. I want to know, I want to know where you went, how much fun you had, what movie you watched, what kind of sex you're having, whether or not he played with your clitoris. I want to know every you single thing. You really want to thing. be included, at totally. least emotionally Even if I'm not there. Yeah. or informationally. Mm. Now, would you ideally want me to be in bed with the two of you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for me, yes. Yeah, because that's very inclusive. Right. I mean, but it doesn't have to be that way. But it's but if you if I'm not in bed, then I want all the details. I am not a don't ask, don't tell. Tell kind of girl. And no. Now, this would be if I were dating Monica, which don't we all think would be a great idea, <laughs> or if I was dating her boyfriend. Right. But if we were dating another group or another family, couple. another yeah. couple, they might have a different protocol. They might say, I want to have dinners together. I want to talk together, but don't tell me what actually happened. Maybe I'll get too upset by that or feel too envious. Or some couples might say you only can date us both or in bed with us both. At the same time. At the same time in bed. Some would say there's a whole range. And what's the protocol in that family? And in some families, if I wanted to date Brent, I would talk to you first. I would, would, before even talking to Brent and saying, uh, Brent, you're hot. Are you attracted to me? I am attracted to you. you. (laughs) And I actually do this. So just so you know, I do this, is I believe that the same gender person is the most at risk or at threat. So if I'm going for the opposite gender partner, they're going to feel, you're going to feel threatened if I just start to get all hot and bothered with Brent. So I want to make sure that you're safe. I want to make sure that you're comfortable. Now, technically, if I was going for you, I may also want to talk to Brent first. So I would want him to feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. Whoever I'm the most attracted to, Mm -hmm. I want the other partner to really have a sense of emotional safety Mm -hmm. and agree or celebrate that I'm coming into their life. And part of the protocol too is when you visit the queen or you visit the ambassador, sometimes you bring a gift. There's many cultures where you would not show up at someone's house without a gift. And when I think of coming into someone's relationship, I think, what's the gift that I'm going to bring them? Hmm. And in some ways I might be taking away time from their partnership, time with maybe one partner more than another. What is the gift that I'm going to bring to make sure that they feel this as a positive, a plus in their lives? Well, and I wonder like how you can find that out for each person. I mean, you could probably ask questions. You could, you know, try to see if they've dated other people before. This comes back to really asking questions. And and I think for couples who are wanting to expand, it means thinking about it. And talking to each other about it. And talking to each other. So I actually have Google documents. We love Google because we can share them. I actually started one today that was how, if you want to become, this was more for BDSM, but if you want to become a submissive in our family, and you wanted that to be a relationship. So you don't just want a little you know, slap and tickle, a fling, yeah. a, or a little slap and tickle on you know, a Tuesday night. You're actually wanting a relationship. Then 
this is what you need to know. You need to know how to honor both of us. You need to know how to contribute. We want to also contribute to you. You need to be ready, willing, and able to, to be in our relationship. And that means uh, you have the time. That means that you have the, the heart willingness. That means that you're willing to grow and learn and mm. adapt. And be spiritually challenged because that's what polyamory yeah. does. It's <laughs> yes. just what it does. You're like, oh, wait, I'm suddenly, I was attached to something and I didn't realize I had an expectation. And now I'm really having to examine my thoughts and feelings. And, and, and this is true. You know, I, I was oh. doing it for, for a more dominant submissive uh, kind of category today. But it would be true if someone didn't want... Uh, that kind of relationship if they just wanted a love relationship and they're coming into my partnership dating me or dating another person they say that in polyamory you better like processing you better like talking about things because al the algorithm is for every person that you add there's going to be 40 percent more time to mm, that you're process. going to talk process and by process we mean uh, so how did the date go last night? By process, we mean, yeah. how did you feel about that I went on a date? Right. By process, we mean uh, either I or the other person am starting to feel upset about maybe not having enough time or right. not feeling included enough or mm -hmm. they need something different or they're having a problem with their other lover and now we need to hold them and take care of them. Oh, it's, yeah. It just keeps ex expanding. It's exponential. <laughs> it really just <laughs> shifts the amount. Of, you're like, oh, I think we can just not talk about it. No. It's just not going to work that way because there's so much more complexity with a multiple partner relationship. Now, some of you are thinking, well, do I really even want to try a multiple partner relationship given that it's so much more complex and if I want to do it honestly, it's, it takes so much more care and consideration. And I would say that the beauty of it is a sense of belonging, closeness, extended circles of love. When it works, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> and, and there is, as Monica so wisely said, if you can take it on as a spiritual path like I, or a personal growth path, I am dating multiple people to learn more about myself. If you listen to this, someone tells you, you there's an issue with you, what do you do? You say, oh, that's one person's problem. But you have two people tell you the same issue. You're maybe selfish or you're passive aggressive. Now suddenly you're like, hmm, two people with the same problem. But by the time three people are telling you something, it's starting to get in. So there's a triangulation that happens in, huh. in polyamory if you're open to personal growth, where you start <laughs> learning about yourself and how to be a better human being. Hmm. So we are gonna go find a cozy bed and snuggle and we are going to discuss is it true love or is it pheromones what were you just saying about multiple pillows i was saying that men find the whole multiple pillows on the bed thing really confusing that you know why isn't just one pillow for you and one pillow for me what is the concept of decorator pillows well there's decorator pillows and then there's like i want to sleep with multiple pillows because like sometimes i actually do find the decorate like lots and lots of like so many decorative pillows that you have to have a process of removing pillows from the bed before you go to sleep and then where do you put them you don't want to put them on the floor so i must say that i find that slightly confusing However, I love having so many pillows and like different kinds of pillows that you can prop yourself up in interesting ways for lots of different things. There's sleeping propping and then there's sex propping. And those are both important. Like having a pillow under your butt really increases G-spot sensation. That's true. In missionary position. 
And then cuddling with pillows. Right. Or actually also getting back to G-spot or, or penetration. is having a pillow under you if you're laying on your tummy too. That makes sense because tilting the hips. Exactly. So that's also very nice. Gentlemen, we want to be compassionate towards multiple pillows, even if they are decorator <laughs> pillows. Multiple pillow relationships. Yes. And then <laughs> we're actually in bed now, just so you know. that It's true. We are. There's multiple pillows here. Or there's multiple pillows. It's very decorative. Yeah. We're hoping we don't get found out since there was a little sign that says, don't sleep on the bed or don't go on the bed. We didn't see that sign. But we didn't see that sign. No. <laughs> and we want to have compassion for people's style, whether the comforters. We now have, oh, this is so cool. We have a heating blanket that has two elements Mm, so he can have his side and Mm -hmm. I can have my side it's very important it's it really is important and then we also have this is so important too especially with decorator pillows is we have the stack of little washcloths and towels next to the bed ah very Ah, important so that if we have the wisdom you can just lay down a little towel and you're safe Mm -hmm. because no one wants to have great sex and then be yelled at for spotting on any pillow that's right. And if you're someone that likes to jump out of bed and get clean right away, I'd say try to go for wipes because it can okay, feel... That way you can cuddle a little you bit more. You can cuddle. You don't have to... And j- enjoy the oxytocin with your partner. Exactly. And, and then if you really want to be totally decadent, you get an old microwave, one that won't give you microwave, you know... Radiation. Ra- radiation. Next to your bed, you get one of those, and then you, you roll up damp towels, and then you can heat them for the like Japanese style juicy <laughs> towels only the sex towels sex towels so and awesome. then you get like, like a spa yeah you have your own spa sex experience how great is that <laughs> totally great and you don't have to jump out of bed oh, that's such a great idea <laughs> I love that idea because <laughs> you know the sticky hands phenomenon where you you know you don't want to like give your partner a big handful of Anything. love juice love juice but you know you also want to touch them yes and one of my in my one of my fantasy lives feel free to take this on any of you who are listening, is I have a, a hot and cold bed stand next to the bed. And on one side is a little mini fridge that has all of the drinks and the juices and, and little sweet things to give each other, maybe that exciting ice cube. And then on the other side is the warm bed stand, which has a little hot plate and a little microwave with the towels. Don't you think like yeah. hot and cold yeah. nightstands? Yeah, that just... way you also have the temperature play in the bedroom. <laughs> Without having to like be like, I'll be right back. Be, yeah, and the other person's like, loo, loo, loo. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, just waiting, honey. Yeah, I'm totally. when you, when you, did you forget for sweetheart? What? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Feeling kind of like nervous, like I'm not sure what you're getting. Ah, uh, yes. So, true love. True love, yes, because even true love won't save you from some of those awkward moments. But what is true love versus pheromones? Yeah. And, and when you're first getting into a relationship, how can you tell the difference? I would have to say that I don't think you can. And there are those who will debate me, and we can mud wrestle about it later. <coughs> and they Sounds awesome, too. <laughs> Chocolate mud wrestling. Woo-hoo! And they And they, there are some people who would say absolutely that they get this feeling. You know that feeling where you've met someone before or you should meet them again and again, the stranger across the crowded room, and somehow you know, you know even then that you'll see them again and again is the song Some Enchanted Evening. And some, some of us absolutely believe that that can happen and that that means, absolutely means, that we were meant to go off into the sunset together. And I find it fascinating that even the people who 100% believe that, that that tingly feeling, that soul, heart, body, toe feeling that you get about someone that tells you they're the one, uh, their relationships don't last. 
They end up in often terrible relationships, sometimes with abusive or crazy partners, but they had to go into those relationships because they had that feeling. And in the studies, the scientific studies of what happens when we perceive that we're falling in love, what actually happens is that we have compatible histoimmune systems with someone. And they did a study where they had men wear the same t-shirt for a week, and then they put those t-shirts, uh, the essence from those t-shirts into a box with holes on the top. And they gave women clipboards. And the women would walk by and they'd pick up a box and they'd, ew, oh, that's terrible. And then they'd pick up a box and they'd, you know, maybe mm, neutral. And then they'd pick up a box and, and feel like, I want to take that box home. Yeah. That is my box. I love that and, box. And now come on, if you're having an intimate relationship with a box, doesn't that oh. tell you <laughs> that, you know, I'm in love with this box. I want more of it now. Doesn't that tell you that there's something that, that is not conscious about how deeply and profoundly you feel connected to someone? And what they found out is that the when we had responses that were so strongly positive, those partners, we'd be more likely to have healthy pregnancies that would come to term. So it's really our biology that's saying, fucking make babies, fucking make babies. And that biology does not know if we have common visions and values, if this is an honest person or a serial killer. It doesn't know. And we look for evidence. What happens is when we start to feel like we're falling in love, we go we into look for reasons, reasons yeah, why this is the one. Yeah. I, you know what? I met someone new. We have so much in common. We like sunsets. And cheese. And we both cheese. love cheese. Oh, no, no. It's not any kind of cheese. It's goat cheese because I can't have cow cheese and he likes goat cheese too. Right. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. So, so like like you and I, like today when you were eating the center of the bread and I wanted the crust. I think we're that perfect that for, for each, each other. other. <laughs> <laughs> and we look for that. And then later after the you know, the, the high wears off. And what happens is, you know, the pheromones are sometimes still there in a long-term relationship. And if we sniff the, you know, the back of the, just behind the ear, or we sniff right at the, the lip of someone, we can still feel that they, they smell really good. But over time, the high wears off. So when someone smells good to us, and by the way, this isn't always a, a scent that we can actually smell. It's, it's this pheromonal response. You have a special VNO, the vasonasal organ, and you have a special organ to sniff pheromones. And it goes right back to the reptilian brain. Mm -hmm. And this process actually starts to trigger a chemical cascade, a delectable chemical cascade <laughs> of, it's fun. of wee, phenylalphamine, oxytocin, serotonin, dopamine, Everything is pouring into our body, a higher high than ecstasy or cocaine or heroin, anything you can think of, it's a higher high and than that. And it's also good for you. I mean, it's really healthy to be in love. It's, it's healthy to be in love, but like any drug, it's time limited. We'll go up, we'll come down, and it will look like it's the other person's fault. You know, when, when I ate the crust and you ate, ate the center of the bread, you know, that looked like we were meant for each other. But now, now that I really know you, I know that I'm gluten intolerant <laughs> and you're not. And, and I'm just into the soft, squishy part. <laughs> and I just, I can't even deal with you anymore. But we start, what happens is the drugs wear off. They will, uh, six months to usually a year and a half. The faster side, if you move in together quickly. And then we start to notice all the things that we don't like all the things that bug us about a person. And in the beginning, we could make love three times a day. We didn't need to sleep. We didn't need to eat. This was the best sex ever. And then later, you know, you're not doing it right. 
and we're not really having sex as often as right. I'd like. And I'm not sure this is working for me. Right. Well, and you just get to know each other and you get to know each other's vulnerabilities. And I think any long-term relationship really takes personal growth, spiritual practice, really work to stay in love, to stay sexual even. And I will tell you a little secret. This is just us here. No one but in us, bed. No, us in bed. No one else will hear it. Is that I don't have sex because I want to. I have sex because it's a good idea. And, and then I would say 15 minutes or so into sex. Then it seems like a good it idea. It seems like a really good <laughs> yeah, idea. Five totally. minutes or 10 minutes. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. But I want to because it's a good idea because I'll want to as soon as we start. And and this is, this is not true for a stranger I've never met. This is true for my beloved, my partner, someone that I've made a commitment to. We're living together. We're building our life dreams together. And so I want to have sex. And it's not from a physical lusty place. Mm -hmm. But... The pheromones are good. He mm -hmm. does smell good. Now, I don't have the high. When we were first together, I swear to God, I would sniff right behind his ear, and I would <laughs> feel high, just literally high, like I couldn't think for a while. Mm. And now I, I sniff, and it feels nice. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, that's nice. He does smell good. That's nice. Mm -hmm. And now I'm choosing. But but you need the come down. Just for those of us who are like, oh, can it always be high? Well, what would happen if you tried to always be on methamphetamine? What would happen if you tried Not to be on you. heroin? It's although it's, you know, unlike drugs, it's 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 positive to have the experience of falling in love. We need to practice deep breathing, which is what we do naturally in love. We need to practice eye gazing, which is what we do naturally in love. We need to practice caressing and petting each other for a long time, which is what we do naturally in love. The reason that falling in love is good for us isn't just the high that we get it's all these other behaviors mm. that we're inspired to do mm -hmm. so if we're choosing to engage in those behaviors we're getting a lot of the results or the benefits of what it would take to fall in love and falling in love i don't know about you but it derails my life doesn't it for a period of time all i can think about is well yeah but that is my whole life at that moment and so i don't really feel derailed i feel like I'm flying and it's so fun and you know what I mean it's I mean yes you <laughs> don't do a lot of work and you know instead of doing your laundry you have sex all day but so good <laughs> and she's <laughs> laying on the bed and in ecstasy <gasps> in a paroxysm of rapture yes nostalgic nostalgic rapture, rapture. <laughs> and I think we want to achieve the balance we want to have that delight we want to have those times of the world going away and we want to be able to get stuff done <laughs> well because there's a point yeah. where we can't just be on the high that's true because that's that's not a life if we're trying to go for one high after another whatever way we're trying to do that that's not really a contributory life in the world that's not a legacy that we can be proud of in the world it's true i do way more radio if i'm not having sex all day you know, but I want you to have sex all day, at least some of the time. I know. And I, I want you to have quickies some yeah. of the time. I, I mean, know quickies are great, too. Quick quickies are great, God too. God bless quickies. And the Tuesday night 15-minute quickie. Yes. Yes. And I think quickies are great. And then a longie. You need like quickie, 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 quickie longie. longie. <laughs> quickie, 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 longie. longie. And for myself, I can I can have a lot of quickies and enjoy them if I know that there's going to be a longie. At some it's point. It's coming up. Coming up, there's a longie. If I'm just eating, um, you know, a, a granola bar or a candy bar, right. I you can know that you're going to have, have dinner food. later. 
then I can do that for a while. Mm -hmm. But eventually I need to have a decent meal. Mm -hmm. And I think the longie is a decent meal. Now, what would a longie look like for you? Something special. Like it could be, let's try a new toy or let's try tantric eye gazing first or when Brent and I tried the couple's massage first, that was really sweet. It was really fun when we tried the aphrodisiacs. I, of course, was like, I know, let's do the aphrodisiacs and then let's go to a party. So the energy was really kind of funny. I think that the connection is the important part, not necessarily what you do. I find that for a longy, I often need to do something that disengages me from my day-to-day work, 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 get stuff done, clean the house, do the laundry. I need something that shifts me out of that. Now that could be we're going out of town. That could be we went to a sensual feast, a burning man kind of sensual feast. And then we left after the feast, after there was, we'd fed out, you couldn't feed yourself. And we'd caress people and feed them. So there was this wonderful energy. And then you had to savor, very slowly savor each taste. So it awakened all of our senses. That was a beautiful thing to get us in a different mood to slow down when we came home. Mm -hmm. This does take a certain amount of, I would say, creativity. Creativity is a wonderful thing in a lover. Indeed. And and also, you know, creative juices, creative force, life force, reproductive force. It's all the same thing. It's all the same thing. And creativity can be, as you said, let's start with a massage. Let me put rose petals in the bath Mm -hmm. and bathe you. It could be, let me capture you and blindfold you, take you into the bedroom and undress you and start feeding you different senses or awaken your senses in some way. Apricot jam and pickled herring. Uh, okay. <laughs> you're, you're kinky. I know it. Uh, and, but I would say that if any of you listening complain about your relationship, and you know you do, I know you're out there, you're complaining about your relationship and you're saying, oh, they don't do it right and they're not doing it enough. Basically, the problem is over there because we're all perfect. Of course we are. We're listening to this show. Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) But if we're having that complaint, then I invite us to think creatively. What can I do that's a little different tonight? Or what can I do for this weekend? And depending on your partner, some of you have partners that hate surprises. So if you have a partner that hates a surprise, don't try to surprise them structure for them say saturday at two o'clock i'm going to bring you into the bedroom and slowly unveil your body Mm. and caress you from head to toe because some people they're going to be more aroused thinking of about what's going to happen yes and some people adore surprises so they would be better off if you just said nothing at all and just kind of capture have saturday free and have saturday free oh i've done that before where i've packed my lover's suitcase picked him up after work and he thought we were going out to dinner and then we went to a hotel instead (laughs) i love hotels just for that reason just for that reason it's so fun to mess up the bed in the hotel and one of the things that they've shown with women in particular is that but it can be sometimes for men if you have someone who often manages the house. So they're looking to see, are the dishes dirty? Does the laundry need to get done? Have we paid the bills? When we're around those things, it's hard to- Your brain is sort of keyed into them, even though you're with your sweetie. Yeah, it's hard to relax. When we go to a hotel, 
if we mess up the sheets it doesn't matter it doesn't matter because sometimes i'm thinking oh did we make a mess in the sheets am i going to now have to change the sheets and yeah, wash them totally. that takes away the fun or there's these moments where i get very hungry and oh we have to get out of bed and i have to go downstairs and i have to make something not sexy just call them they'll bring it yes call them room <laughs> service i actually think that once an another great idea somebody should make a room service company where they would literally go and serve couples in bed mm. where you could mm -hmm. just call up wouldn't that be great yeah we're not going to get up this morning honey we're just going to keep making love and we're going to call room service mm -hmm. from our house and they're going to come in right. with a bedside tray and a chafing dish and they're going to make this wonderful omelet while we continue to just make love wouldn't that be great totally i think that we could get people to do that i think this is san francisco, francisco. <laughs> they, they're totally into that they're like yeah sure we have to be catering and sex positivity right there right i think this could be a great thing for someone <laughs> We're seeing a new business. Maybe it'll be us. Who knows? Mm. Mm. Yes, I have ideas for many businesses. Many businesses, but I'm happy to let other people take some of these because yeah, there's too. only so many things that creative women like us can do in a day. It's true. No matter how sexy and saucy and laying in a bed together we are capable of being. Mm. And speaking of which, we have to go make some decisions. Oh, we do uh, yeah. because we've been shopping here at Macy's Little Plug. There's a sale, and you know that the more we you have so many shoes on clearance, it boggles the mind. And the more that you spend, the more you save. Well, <laughs> they say that. They say that. It's not true, but we like to fantasize. You know, it's kind of like sex. You just want to fantasize about right, it sometimes. Yeah. As if you were saving money, but really, really you're spending money. But it's very inexpensive compared to how they were. I mean, these kitten yeah. heels are only $23 which is fantastic. And speaking of sexy shoes, sometimes, you probably don't know this, is that in the Middle Ages, they would have toes that would might be a foot long. They would have toes extended so that they could on play- On their shoes? On their shoes so they could play footsie under the table. <laughs> and they got to a point where they would even tie them around their knees. I kid you not. Because their shoes were so long. Their shoes were so long. And they, they did wow. feel, even then, even in the past, they felt that the shoes were erotic and that huh. sometimes the size of someone's foot, well, you know, <laughs> how about that big toe? So we, we, as we started talking about shoes earlier, is that there's an allurement about what do we focus on? I also think today's world with the shoe, when you have the high heel, your calf looks very good. And then when you're starting to gaze from the ankle up the calf, well, you know, the thighs just above that. And, and it looks luscious as well. well. And as long as you're gazing kind up. Kind of taut, you know, because yes, it's in that high, high heel, heel position. Mm -hmm. And then as long and as. And the back is arched and the butt is, is out, out. And it's quite bad for your lower back, but it's sexy. But it's sexy. And then it leads right up to that cleft. Mm -hmm. And you know that gate of heaven, that moist place of nirvana. And I think that when we're looking up a leg, it, there's something so exciting about where does that go? Mm. And I think that's also part of the foot and the shoe. I like a good men's shoe, too. Do you notice men's shoes? Oh, yeah, all the time. But usually I think, gosh, those must have been expensive. But they're attractive. I sometimes think, couldn't they wear a better shoe? <laughs> couldn't they? Or just don't wear brown shoes with, like, your black tucks, maybe? Maybe. And I would also say, now, this is a little a sexy tip for you. If there's someone in your life that you're really trying to have them notice you, and they haven't noticed you so far, you have male or female, you are in the friend zone, have them take you shopping not not to buy you things but to give you advice hmm. on what to wear is this a man who likes high heels or flats is this a man who likes a woman who does hair and makeup or likes the more kind of you no know, makeup rustic girl and 
Is this a woman who likes a man who really dresses in a nice suit and a power tie? Or is this a woman who likes a more rugged man who wears a nice jeans, maybe with a or, uh, faded jeans with a rip in the knee? And what will happen, and this is an intriguing thing back on pheromones, is that when someone finally is dressed in the packaging that cues you, that you look for, it can actually start to have them smell better to you. I actually had a lover that every time he saw me, he'd dress in a completely different range of outfit. One day he was a pirate, one day he was a businessman. Awesome. Because he, was, he really wanted to get me to love him. And there was one day where he finally showed up in the right outfit. And he started out not smelling right to me. But over time, he actually started to smell good. Wow, that's really clever. Yes, so you can kind of mess with the cueing systems because we cue on a number of things. Mm. We do cue on pheromones, we do cue on visuals, we also cue on speech pattern. So the, the tone of the voice can sometimes make a big difference. You think? <laughs> <laughs> and we also cue on types of touch. You could experiment a little bit with just reaching out and grabbing someone and seeing how do they respond. And I just grabbed her knee, but, or her wrist, you know, just, just having a moment to pull someone close to you, not inappropriately grabbing, but just to see. And she grabbed my knee, I'll say that, so that it's really important to grab someone in a way that you think that they might enjoy it and in a place that it's not going to be super threatening. Exactly. Some women and men would like a nice slow caress up the arm. And once again, you can pick places to start that are not threatening. Usually the arm, sometimes the shoulder, the neck. Many people will like a little tug at the back of the hair, at the nape of the neck can be very sexy. But you want to experiment a little bit because everyone is going to be unique. And the biggest mistake we can make is thinking that this new person is like anyone else we've ever met because they're going to have some discovery for us. Mm. And we need to take the time to focus on those cues. And I think I've heard women say, that they didn't notice a man and then they'll maybe dance with him. He'll stroke their arm in a certain way and they'll be like, oh. you know, that was the touch or that was the move that really started to, I would say, catalyze the primal. Mm. For me, I, I teach the Sacred Courtesan School. I'm a sex counselor. And so you would think that based on my career, of course, that I would jump into sex very quickly, but I don't. I like to get to know people, get a sense of their mind and their heart, uh, a little bit of their mission and vision before I abandon myself wildly. There's a point where if a man expresses his desire too blatantly before I've established a rapport with him, before I've established my mutual attraction towards him, it will really turn me off. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true for a lot of women. A man expressing really blatant, kind of rough or crude, sexual attraction without clearly established that she wants that is bad. It's now, pretty intense, yeah. From somebody that you're all hot and bothered about, it can be great. Or if you're already in a relationship and your lover says, God, I want to fuck you, that can be really wonderful. But a lot of women will feel that that's not wanted or inappropriate from someone that they've just met. Okay, so I tell this guy, and we're just swing dancing, and I'm like, <laughs> I have a radio show about sex. Because like, he's like, what do you do? That's a very normal question. And, he, and I'm like, I have a radio show about sex. And he's like, I want to have sex with you. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I don't want to have sex yeah, with that you. Was, that was pretty fast. That's yeah. just way too fast. The way that I would like men to be very open to me is if they were to say, 
I'm really attracted to you. And if it ever became a possibility to be your lover or to have sex with you, that would be awesome. And to sort of put it on the table as a possibility without saying, I want to have sex with you or nice tits want to fuck. Yeah. You know, that there's something, it's a little bit more delicate yeah. where it's on the table. Do I want to pick it up from the table? Right. And it feels like it gives me choice and I'm not being pressured. Now this, this concept of just laying it gently on the table, I find you very attractive. If it were ever a possibility to have sex with you or to become your lover, that would be awesome. It's still stating the attraction. And I keep a mental Rolodex of those people, whether it's for a lover or a boyfriend. I have called people up that have said that sometimes years later. Mm. How would that sound to you if somebody said it that way? Well, it's a nice passive verb, so it doesn't mean now and it, you know, expresses enthusiasm. I mean, I think it depends on the person because I think some people even would find that too forward. Because we're in Northern California, we're very much like, yes, I honor you expressing yourself. And then, you know, it's in another place that might not work at all. You know, that might be like still too much because people are literally just afraid to reject someone at all and can't do it. And that's why I actually really encourage women to be more forthright about both expressing their attraction and their needs for pacing into sexuality. For most men, that will be very soothing. And it's not seen as the negative slut versus the positive slut. If someone says, I, you know, I feel very attracted to you. If a woman says, I feel very attracted to you, and this is what I need to be able to feel safe to be sexual or to feel connected to be sexual. Mm -hmm. And I, I agree for, for men, there's a delicacy. And sometimes just saying you're very attractive. Yeah, exactly. Appreciating something about the person. Like I love that you're wearing these very fun leopard fur around the collar and the cuffs. And I really do enjoy your style. I find it very, very delightful. Something, you know, a man might say it some but differently. But to say, I, I find the way that you dress is, is so fun or it's so, I love to see you walk into a party because I'm just looking forward to how you're gonna dress. A woman would really appreciate that. You could hardly ever go wrong with sincerely appreciating a woman's style. Totally. You know, the sun is setting. We're gonna be late for dinner. Oh, we've gotta go. We're going to have a threesome for dinner. Indeed, and then <laughs> first shoes and then a threesome. Yes, and, and I think make sure that when you're getting into sexuality, have your priorities straight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. This is Francesca Gentili. Thank you so much for coming on Sexploration. It's always Monica. delightful. I look forward to the next one in the bubble bath. Yes, we have a plan. Where <laughs> She's like, you know, I've always had this dream about doing an interview in a bubble bath. And I'm like, you know what? That is so possible. Battery-operated recording device goes everywhere. So next time, why don't you join us while we get all wet? You can subscribe to Sexploration with Monica on iTunes and have new episodes delivered automatically or download free podcasts at sexplorationwithmonica.com.